for being here. Thank you, Nomena. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, this is a, a great investment that you make an hour on Sunday where you come, you hug people, you are hugged by other people, you praise God, you listen to the message, and then uh, you can apply it, hopefully, to your life. So uh, today, I want to take you to the book of Luke chapter 10, verse 25. As you remember, uh, in these weeks, we have been talking about some fundamentals of Christianity. Now, we're not talking about the rapture. We're not talking about the Trinity. Uh, we're not talking about archangels and angels yet. But we are talking about foundations that make the gospel of Jesus Christ different from other religions. And I want to speak to you today on the subject of loving God with all your heart, falling in love with God. And there's also, uh, I would say, like a little condition next to it that Jesus is mentioning, and I want us to uh, talk about it. So I will do my best, uh, 20 minutes, and then Richard, if you can, when I hit 20, just Go like that and it will be, we'll slow down. <laughs> okay. So Luke chapter 10, verse 25, 37 says, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You answer correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. So I think for Jesus, this, this was the end of the conversation. This was the answer to his question. Jesus responded with a question. The doctor in the law, he responded correctly, and it was probably the end of the conversation. But the doctor of the law wanted to keep the conversation going because he was testing the knowledge of Jesus. Or maybe he was testing how much he could get away with a couple of the beliefs that he had. So verse 29, but he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Verse 33 but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He brought him uh, to an, an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you from any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Let's pray. Father God, we, we praise you and we love you so much, Lord God, for your scripture, your word. 
Lord, um, I pray that you give me grace and favor, Lord God, before your people so that I can share, Lord God, how you have spoken into my life, Lord God, about this scripture, Lord God, of the, of the Samaritan. Lord, I pray that we will be um, uh, a, a church that continues to love people no matter who they are, no matter where they come from, and love our neighbors, Lord God, and sometimes even our enemies, Lord. So we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So this topic may seem like, oh, I already know that, you know, for many of you. Yeah, loving God, uh, it's, it's something, you know, that I've studied, that I've done. Even I teach other people on how to love God, you know, with all my heart. Franklin, why did you choose the Samaritan again? You know, I heard that parable ever since, you know, I was a little kid. But verse 25 says that on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. This expert in the law was a doctor, a lawyer, Somebody who probably knew, those who read Simple Church book, 611 precepts of the law that had to be followed perfectly so that they will feel that they will justify and save in the eyes of God. 611. Out of the Ten Commandments, they created 611 other commandments that people had to follow. Some of you know a few of, of those commandments. So this person who was a believer, he knew the Bible very well. He knew the commandments really well. He knew the law. And when he saw Jesus teaching, in his mind he said, I'm going to see how much this Jesus knows. And I'm going to see if I can get him in trouble. Maybe if he says something that doesn't go according to the law. So this teacher... He went to Jesus and he asked a simple question. So, Jesus, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Tell me. But Jesus knew and Jesus responded, you know, with a question. Uh, well, what is written in the law? Jesus asked, you know, this man, how do you read it? And this guy rapidly answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus answered, oh, you answered correctly. So go ahead and do, and do that and you will be okay. But this doctor in the law, this knowledgeable person, wanted to continue to test Jesus. And I want you to see perfectly, pay attention with me. In verse 29, the scripture says that this man wanted to justify himself. I was thinking about that word. Why did he want to justify himself? Was there anyone that he felt that maybe he wasn't supposed to love according to the law? Was he referring to a specific group of people that may be an exception of people I am not going to love because... This is what the law says. Uh, he wanted to justify himself. So think about it. Jesus knows the heart of the person. 
Jesus knows the heart of the people. So I think Jesus chose specifically this example of the Samaritan to not only teach a lesson on how to love your neighbor, but what kind of neighbors you are supposed to love when you proclaim that you love God. So Jesus answers with this parable and I reply, Jesus says, oh, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw them, the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when, uh, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side, there a Samaritan, as he traveled, came, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. Why did Jesus choose a Samaritan and not maybe an Israelite from a different tribe? Because Samaritans and Israelites at the time didn't get along. They had cultural differences. Not only did they have cultural differences, they also had race and ethnic differences. Why? Because the Samaritans were not completely Jewish. They were half Jew. So because they were not completely Jews like the Jews from Israel, the Jews would see them as like second category citizens and not completely Jews. Besides that, uh, the Samaritans from Samaria, they had a different perspective on worship. They believed in God and everything, but they had chosen a place of worship in their city where they would say, this is the place we worship. And then the Jews had chosen another place of worship that was in the center of Jerusalem. So they would have a lot of differences. So you probably remember Jesus and the Samaritan woman, uh, the Samaritan woman, you know, trying to reject Jesus uh, by sharing and by verbally stating the differences between a Jew and a Samaritan. So the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4 tells, is, is very surprised that Jesus, a Jew, is approaching her to ask her for water because Jews and Samaritans don't get along. They both proclaim that they are the best. They both proclaim that they are God's unique group. They both proclaim that they have the right theology. They both proclaim that they are pure, uh, pure race in the eyes of God because, yeah, we go through circumcision as well. And you guys don't see us like that, but this is the way we are. We also love God. So they will not get along. So Jesus, when he is responding to the question of the doctor of the law, Jesus chooses the person that this doctor of the law was less likely to love and expect something in return by saying a Samaritan was walking by this dead man, half dead, and then the Samaritan, who is not supposed to get along with this Jew, he took pity on this man, picked him up, cured him, took him to a place, paid that person in that place or in that inn, motel, hotel, whatever it was, a house in the desert, so that he could cure this man. So Jesus asked the doctor of the law, who was the greatest? Who was the one who had mercy? Who was the neighbor right there? Who did the right thing? And the doctor of the law said, the Samaritan man. And Jesus said, you have answered correctly. Go and do likewise. 
in 2020, we see a lot of the lessons from this chapter going on right now happening in the Christian church. Sometimes there's groups of people who say this group is inferior, this group doesn't look like us, these groups think different, so they are in a lower category. And remember that the same, when, when the woman who was caught in adultery, do you remember how the, the doctors of the law, they were bringing this woman and they were ready to stone this woman and they, they wanted to do it in front of Jesus because they wanted to test Jesus. There's people sometimes that are always, I don't know if they do it intentionally or they do it blindly, but sometimes intentionally try to test the Christian principles to see how much they can get away with without making it sound like Jesus is not in the middle. But Jesus knowing the doctors of the law wanted to stone this woman. You already know the story. Jesus said, okay, if you have no sin, then be the first one to cast a stone. Our culture is going through the same situation in 2020. And a lot of people don't understand that loving God means that you also have to love your neighbor. Even if it's a Samaritan. Even if, if the person is half something else, even if the person is from another place, even if the person doesn't speak the language, the same language as you do, or the culture is different, your neighbor is the one who has a lot of differences with you, and you are supposed to love that person. We are, including myself. And there's four points I want to mention real quick about this story. Number one is that our sinful hearts keep us from loving God sometimes. Many people um, who want to love God, uh, but they don't know how to do it, uh, will probably be in this category. And sometimes our love for God cannot be completely grown and fully mature because we have a bias of, of selfish, selfishness. Just like, you know, this, this doctor of the law, he wanted to justify himself. Maybe in his thoughts, he was asking Jesus, who is my neighbor? Because maybe he wanted Jesus to say, the only neighbors you have are the ones who are right here. But Jesus chose somebody who was the least expected in culture, in thought, in theology, maybe in appearance, to show this doctor that God, in the eyes of God, we are all the same. The reason why I'm sharing this is because I feel like sometimes we lose ground in the world when, as a church in general, 
we don't love each other the way Jesus wants us to love each other. There's people who make money and millions of dollars bringing out the differences in people, the differences in the community, the differences in portraying, you know, those things are bad and evil. People make millions, tons of money uh, talking about the differences in, instead of talking about the things that should unite us, unite us as people. The love for God and the love for our neighbor, the person, you know, the harm us. So Matthew uh, chapter 15, verse 19 to 20 says, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. Uh, these are what, this is what defile a person by eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. So did you know that sometimes the church, and I'm speaking in general, we make such a great emphasis on sexual immorality and murder, but we forgot that giving false testimony about someone or a group of people is also a sin, and it is a part of the commandments. If you go on Exodus 10 and 20, and if you read it, you're going to realize that yeah, false, false, giving false testimony about someone, it's a big deal. It was punishable by law. Even slander, making false or damaging statements, you know, about someone, um, it's not what God wants us to do, you know, with our neighbors. The good news is that through the sacrifice of Christ, God gave us a heart transplant. And look, and I'm speaking in general, you know, the church, not this church, but the church in general, we need to pray for a change of heart in our lives. Ezekiel 36, verse 25, 27 says, And I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean, and I will cleanse you from all of your impurities and from your, all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Do you know that sometimes as believers of God, our hearts can become so hardened that we don't want that Samaritan close to us. We become so hard, uh, we, we, I, I, don't, I don't want that Samaritan close to me. Or I don't want that Samaritan, you know, sitting next to me. And I'm speaking general, so I'm, I'm not saying anything specific, you know, about our church. Generally, you know, as the whole church. And we need to pray for a soft heart in Christianity in this country so that Jesus said in John 14, by this, the world will know that you are my disciples when you love one another. Jesus didn't say, when you raise your hands, you know, people will know that you are a Christian. Or when you give your offerings. Or when you stand up preaching in the corners, people will know that you are believers. Jesus said, when you love one another, that is the greatest testimony you can give about how you love me. Point number three, a heart makes it possible, a new heart makes it possible to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. So loving God with all our, our heart also includes, you know, loving our neighbor as ourselves. And I want to be honest, you know, with you today. Um, 
sometimes as Christians, not only do we have people who dislike us sometimes, sometimes you could even have enemies. And not because you want to have enemies. I don't, I don't want to have enemies. I think I don't have any enemies in my life, but maybe some people see me as enemy. They see me like that, but I don't see them like that. However, loving God with my heart means that I will give chances to these people, that I will love them no matter what. And I want to finish with this point, uh, number four. Our love for God is shown when we care for the person in the ditch. And I want to close with this, and I, and I want to give you a word of encouragement Jesus was telling this man, hey, look, doctor in the law, the neighbor may not be only the person that you think is the, your neighbor. Your neighbor is the person that dislikes you. So there was a Jew on the floor. He was bitten, bleeding. And this Samaritan maybe could have gone, oh, you know what? You deserve to be where you are because you are a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. And you know what? I'll step on you so that you die completely. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But he didn't say that. He didn't say that. Instead, he was moved to compassion. And he said, this guy is a Jew. I know he wouldn't like me if he probably sees me, but I will help him. Because I love God, I am able to love my neighbor the best message, church, that we can give to the community is we love God, but we love you. No matter who you are, where you come from, no matter what background you have, you are welcome into God's kingdom. Let's pray. Lord, um, I thank you today for this parable, Lord God, that, that is in the Bible. And one of the, the questions that I like that Pastor Henry says when we're studying in, in the life groups is, why is this story in the scripture? What is this story doing in the Bible? It's because you want to give us, Lord God, a, a lesson, a spiritual lesson that, we, that will help us grow. Lord, in this Samaritan man, he was the least expected to help this person who was on the floor, bitten and maybe bleeding, and the priest ignored it, the Levite also ignored it, Lord God, but then the person who the Jews expected the least jumped in and he said, I will help. I will provide for this man. I'll take care of him. I have compassion for him. Lord, as we continue to preach, Lord God, in this community, we have a community that is so diverse. There's single parents, single moms, single dads, young people, older people, people with disabilities, mental disabilities, developmental disabilities, people from different countries, different languages, even different religions, Lord God. Lord God, we pray that as we continue to love you, that we also continue to show love to our neighbors, no matter who they are, no matter how they look, where they come from, but the gospel is open for anybody who is thirsty. I thank you, Lord God, for this church, and I thank you for 
for the leaders, and I thank you for the life groups. I thank you for the vision, your God, of this church, because we're here to love the community. In Jesus' name.